أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم نروي بإسناد متصل أن أبي أبي عبد الله جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله تعالى عنهما قال بعثنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وأمر علينا أبا عبيدة رضي الله عنه نلتقي عيرا لقريش so we begin the hadith, uh, and it is a, 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 something I wanted to mention in the khutbah, but we didn't have time. Which is that we spoke about in the khutbah today, the importance and the need to go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. To go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, to leave your home in the service of the deen of Allah. And the companions, anhum, this was their entire life. They were not people who would stay home. They were not people who would, uh, you know, expect that Islam will give me this and Islam will give me that. Islam will do this for me and that for me. Rather, they were the ones who were ready for the service of Islam. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi would call upon them and they would answer. And uh, there are so many inspiring stories about them, radiallahu anhum, and the intervening generations that came between them and us. And so this was one in particular that, uh, uh, that, that I wanted to mention. You know, this is a small side note. Oftentimes, you know, one of the reasons that we, one of the important reasons that we should focus on the stories of the companions or anhum is that that's, it's common between everybody. You know, it's our common heritage. Someone's from Palestine, someone's from Philippines, someone's from Eritrea, someone's from uh, uh, Burkina Faso. Yeah. You know, somebody's from Morocco, somebody's from, you know, wherever I'm from. Uh, and wherever other Hamza is from, like, you know, people are from all sorts of places, but the, the companions of the Allah on whom are our common heritage. However, this doesn't mean that it's uh, not important to tell the stories of the intervening generations as well. Why? Because the, the, one of the marks of the Ahlul Sunnah al Jama'ah is that our Sanad is, our sanad is muttasil, the Sanad is the chain of narration is, is continuous, it's unbroken. And uh, 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 the deen reached us through that chain. It's not like the companions or the Allah one who clocked out and then someone sent an email like 1300 years later. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is one of the things I want, you know, so don't, some people are like, oh, so and so just told stories. If you're telling stupid stories that are spurious, they have no lesson and they're fake, that's a problem. But to mention the, the, the ahwal of the salihin, uh, uh, especially the ones, the people, the pious and righteous and learned people who are, uh, who's, behavior and comportment and dealing with the problems in life are in accordance to the way the Messenger of Allah and his companions to deal with them, that's important as well. Because sometimes we can take something, a lesson from them that's relevant to our lives that we may not take from someone who's further away in, in time or further away in, uh, uh, in place. Uh, even though uh, the, the actual khayr starts from the beginning, but uh, uh, the chain is unbroken, so we should remember that as well. So this is a story about one time when the companions of the Allah went out in the path of Allah. Uh, that, uh, it's narrated by uh, uh, Abu Abdullah Jabir bin Abdullah radiallahu anhuma. Jabir bin Abdullah, his father Abdullah radiallahu anhu, he was shaheed, he was a, a martyr in the path of Allah Ta'ala. There's an interesting hadith of the Prophet about him, you know, that he's, he spoke to him, he said, are you going to get married? He says, yes, I'm going to get married. And so he asked him, like, are you going to marry, like, you know, uh, why don't you marry a, 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 a virgin girl, a girl who's never been married before, a young girl like your age, and uh, so that the two of you can enjoy one another. And he says, Ya Rasulullah, I, uh, uh, um, he says, my, my father Abdullah died uh, fighting in the path of Allah Ta'ala, and he left so many daughters. 
he said that I need, I need somebody to help me take care of my sisters. I don't need another sister on top of them. So I'm gonna marry a girl who's a little bit older, who's, you know, who will, who will be more responsible and mature and will help me. You know? And the Prophet praised him for his like, wisdom, his foresight. The purpose of mentioning this uh, 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 story, because many of the young men in front of us, mashallah, those who are you know, of age, most of them are married, and many of the young men in front of us are not gonna marry a girl who's older or younger anytime soon. But the point is, is what? Think about it. These people made sacrifices for Islam. You know what sacrifice is? Like they gave up something precious, something dear to them for the sake of Allah. He lost his father. And then afterward when he got married, you know, even his marriage, you know, people are like, oh, I want to fall in love with the, you know, a beautiful woman and this and that and the other thing. He's like, no, I have to get married in order to like pick up the slack from like, you know, uh, uh, from my loss. And of course they probably loved each other and were wonderful like as a husband and wife anyway. But the point is, is that like, these are, these are the real uh, sacrifices they made, the real stories of the real people that they made these real sacrifices. So he was a really young man at this time. Jabir bin Abdullah is from the Ansar and he was a young man at the time of this hadith and so he said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, sent us to intercept a caravan of the Quraysh Quraysh was sending a caravan uh, of goods through the, uh, through the land of the Muslims and uh, they, they were, they were uh, sent out to intercept that caravan uh, and who was the commander that was put in charge of this detachment of companions? Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah we mentioned on Tuesday night for those of you who are here for the Tuesday night dars we talked about he's one of the 10 that was promised jannah and like he was very similar in his disposition and demeanor to Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu anhu Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu proposed that he should be khalifa either him or Umar and the, the Ansar alam said no you Abu Bakr you should be khalifa and Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu anhu also uh, gave the order that if I die he should become Khalifa after me and the only reason he didn't become Khalifa is because he passed away before Umar passed away anhu. otherwise he was a man of very high high status and the Messenger of Allah and the companions trusted him uh, he was, they trusted him because the Messenger of Allah himself said that he is the trustee of this Ummah that this Ummah can keep its trust with Abu Ubaidah and uh, 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 Sayyidina Umar who said about him that the dunya changed everybody except for uh, Abu Ubaidah like wealth, money, these things didn't, didn't affect him uh, so he was the commander of this detachment and they went out in the path of Allah to do what? to intercept a, a caravan of the Quraysh وَزَوَّدَنَا جِرَابًا مِنْ تَمْرٍ لَمْ يَجِدْ لَنَا غَيْرَهُ So we were given a sack of dates. That was, that was like our provision. Was what? A sack of dates. And so there are dozens, minimum dozens of people in this detachment. It's an army to go out, you know, they're not like sitting there programming a computer, you know what I mean? They're actually physically marching, carrying stuff. And then when they get to where they have to get to, they're probably gonna have to fight. And what do they get? They get a sack of dates. Now given that dates are very uh, nutritious, and you can get, go really far with the date, but it's, you know, it's not like it's hardly a filling meal. The companions of the Allah used to do that in difficult times, they would survive on one date, on two dates, on half a date, they would survive for an entire day like that, you know? And if you wanna see, you wanna do like a homework assignment, right? Science is important, right? You wanna do a science experiment, go home and then like 24 hours take a date and see like, how does it feel? And then imagine marching and like actually having to do physical activity uh, with that. 
So what ends up happening is uh, uh, he says he says uh, 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 that we were given as supplies one bag of one sack of dates, uh, and and there was nothing other than that. It's not that the Prophet ﷺ was trying to be mean, you know. It's like in Medina they didn't have anything else. They were very poor. They really didn't have anything else other than that to give as provision. فكان أبو عبيدة يعطينا تمرة تمرة فقيل كيف كنتم تصنعون بها قال نمصها كما يمص الصبي ثم نشرب عليها من الماء فتكفينا يومنا إلى الليل وكنا نضرب بعسينا الخبط الخبط عفوا ثم نبله بالماء فنأكله uh, he said that uh, he said that the, the 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 what happened is Abu Ubaidah would give us like one day a day. That was a stipend, the ration for food. Every soldier gets what? One day every day. Uh, and he was the Aminu Hadhil Ummah. He was like the treasurer of the Ummah. The Prophet basically put him in charge of the the Baytul Mal. So he, you know, he was good at calculating and accounting, like how to, you know, how how things are gonna how things are gonna be distributed properly. So that was his that was his uh, uh, his decision that every soldier in that army is going to receive one date uh, per day, and they were given out one at a time. Uh, it was said, uh, how how were you able to survive? Like how like what would you do with that one date? And so he said that every person because if you eat it too quickly, what happens? It's like it's gone, right? So he said that every person would take the date and suck on it like candy. Right? So that it dissolves slowly, that the sugar in it dissolves slowly. Like you don't just like roll right through it, that you go in and it's like a high for five minutes and then you're hungry again. Rather you can, you know, dissolve the, the, the date slowly. And literally the wording of the hadith is that, the, the, that we would suckle on the date like a baby suckles uh, from, uh, from its mother. Uh, instead of like chewing or biting into it, we would just suck on the date. And he said then uh, afterward we would drink water on top of it so as to like fill the stomach up with something so that we don't feel like so super hungry. And uh, he said that if we were still uh, hungry, what we would do is we would take the leaves of the shrubs. Uh, and who here has been to the Badia before? Anyone been out in the desert before? The, the, you, you've been out, right? You, yeah, right? Mashallah, you're like, you're like, you're like 65% Badu, Mashallah, right? Um, Eritrea has Badia too, doesn't it? Yeah. So the you've been out you've been out in the desert before? You 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 from Cleveland, mashallah, right? Mashallah. So um, the 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 leaves in the desert are not like the leaves in the jungle, like the forests, like forests and jungles, in the sense that like they're not like like salad. Rather, it's dry outside. They're very thick and they're very woody. Right? They're very wood. Imagine if you tried to eat wood. Wood is a plant and lettuce is a plant, right? But lettuce is real soft and like crisp and crunches and it's all nice and juicy and like watery, right? Whereas like wood is just like it's hard, right? So the the the, the shrubs in the in the desert, because of the like low amount of water, they're very coarse and they're very thick and they're very coarse. One of the reasons for the thickness is so that they don't lose water so quickly. Right? I don't know if what the because I we know the names I know the names of the the plants in in the Sahara and Mauritania. I don't know if they use the same names for the same plants in in the Arabian Peninsula or if it's like a different dialect. But like yeah, in Turja and like whatever like the weird like the different plants and stuff like that. It just doesn't look like something you want to be eating. 
It looks like, like when, I, when I heard the hadith, I'm like, I know exactly what they're talking about and this does not look like fun. So when they were still hungry, like your stomach is killing you inside and uh, they're still hungry, they're gonna, they, they, what they did was they would pick the leaves, these like the, the leaves, the really hard woody leaves of these plants, and then they would like smash them with their sticks, their walking sticks. By the way, carrying a stick is like a sunnah. It's not a sunnah in the sense like it's not like an act of worship, but the Prophet that was their style. That's how they used to roll. They used to all carry sticks. And the companions really Allah used to have like walking sticks, you know, like a cane. It's not just for old people. Uh, but you know, just thought I'd mention that. So like on Eid or on Jummah, if you want to like roll with the with the cane or something like that, it's like it's 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 an old style. It's an old style. That's not what makes you a good Muslim or a bad Muslim. It's just a it's a, but it is the fashion of the prophets. So there's some beauty in it, mashallah. So what happens? They would take their their sticks and they would uh, just pound the leaves until the wood like basically would like the threads of it would like separate and it would just become softer. And they would put water on it so it would become softer. So it's not like just like trying to eat a stick of wood, you know. So it would kind of go down a little bit like food, you know. Uh, and that was what they would do. Now tell me something. Do you think that's very nutritious? You think there's any energy in it or vitamins and minerals? Absolutely not. Like it is, like even barely the animals want to eat that. And the, you know, the animals get some uh, nutrition out of it. Why? Because animal, animals can digest cellulose. They can actually get sugar out of wood and out of like plants and things like that. Human beings don't have the enzyme, the cellulose enzyme in, in the bacterial plaque in the stomach to be able to digest it. So you get, a human gets nothing out of that at all. Even the animals, that's why they, you know like cows have seven stomachs. And you know how they're constantly chewing, like they're always making a chewing like motion with their mouth, even though they're, they're, they're not like actually directly eating anything. What happens is that they eat this, these types of plants, or even plants softer than it, and what happens, they have to constantly chew it into like a paste. They can't chew it properly the first time, so they have seven stomachs for that reason. So they, they'll store some in one stomach and then store some in another stomach and then when they're not eating, they're just walking around, they'll regurgitate it and chew what they call chewing cud. They'll, they'll chew the cud so that they can break it down even more. Because even the plants that can get energy out of those types of plants, sorry, the animals that can get energy out of those types of plants, it's still very difficult. Right? So imagine a human being is not going to get any energy and they're eating it. Why? Just out of desperation and hunger. So uh, he said that that's what we would do if we, if we were still hungry, that we would uh, uh, smash it up with our sticks and then we would uh, put a little bit of water on it to soften up and then, and then we would eat it. Uh, uh, so he said that when we, uh, we got to the coast, right, the coast of the Red Sea, uh, the, the west coast of the, uh, uh, um, of the Arabian Peninsula. What is it about the west coast that it's always better? I don't know, you know, but anyway. Uh, so, uh, Sheikh Musa may be able to like talk about that a little more, but like, uh, what happens, they get to the coast and uh, um, they saw something that's like, looks like a hill or like a big like mound, like a big mound. And so uh, they came closer to it. He said that we came to it and we found it. It, is a, it was a creature uh, that's called Ambar, right? Amber, amber is actually the name even in English for whale fat. Amber gris. Amber uh, uh, is uh, something eaten from the whale fat. They make like perfumes uh, from it because it apparently has like a, a very unique scent. 
Um, they, although it has to be refined in order for it to not smell bad, but like there's something from that, from that whale fat that you can make that's, that has a nice scent. Um, other things that are made from whale fat is like uh, women's makeup, which is like gross, right? Like you're rubbing dead whale on you, but like um, the consistency of that fat, you know, it, it's been used for cosmetics uh, uh, for a very long time because it stays on the skin well and things like that. It was like a lux luxury item. Uh, at any rate, so this, this word ambar, I, I suspect, is the same. It's a, a cognate for that word amber uh, 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 gris in, in English. Um, and so it was, a big, it was a big whale, all right? Um, and so he said, we saw something called a big whale. Now think about it. If someone is living in the Arabian desert, right? Are they going to see a lot of whales? No. They've probably never been to SeaWorld before because there was no SeaWorld back then. You know what I mean? And if there was, it sure as heck wasn't in the desert. You know what I mean? So for them to see this, this whale is probably really amazing. And it's like a one in a million chance. Like not many people uh, from amongst the, the people of Arabia would see a whale like that. So what happens is that they saw this whale. Uh, so they, 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 they saw this Dabbatun Tuda'a al Ambara, this creature that's like called, that's called Ambar. Because they're all hungry, right? They're all hungry and they're like, hey, look, there's this big animal there. And like we're really hungry. We've been eating like we've been like beating up leaves with our sticks and eating them and like like sucking on dates like it's candy. And like there's this big animal. Like you guys know uh, you guys know about uh, um, like whales, right? Whales are they a fish? No, what are they? They're mammals, right? They're basically like there are some mammals that like like a hundred million years ago or something in Pakistan. Uh, uh, no joke, from Pakistan, that like went into the water somewhere around where Karachi is nowadays and like just like started swimming and eating fish and stuff and is like, hey, I like it in the water and then like it just like would live its life in the water and then its children and stuff and they just ended up going out to sea and they became these things and the way they know that this whale is a mammal is why it has a four-chambered heart and it's warm-blooded and you know, it feeds milk to its calves and like, you know, it's not like a fish. And so what happens is that uh, uh, what is the nearest living, uh, living relatives of this, uh, of this whale, like from the land, is like a hippopotamus or like a, a, a cow or deer or whatever, right? So it's basically, like, it's basically like beef that swims in the water, right? So they see this huge like, animal that looks like a mound, right? And it's like a seafaring, like, it's like seafaring beef. And like beef is what's for dinner, especially if you've been eating, uh, eating leaves for a while. So they were like, let's have at this thing. And said, Abu Ubaidah, he said, no, it's meta. It's, it's, it's dead, it's carrion meat, it's not permissible in our sharia. Now perhaps he didn't know, uh, or perhaps it wasn't explained to him, you know, that uh, the animals of the sea, uh, uh, at least the fish-like animals of the sea, are, are permissible to eat. And so what happens, his first reaction is like, you guys can't eat it. And then, uh, He said that, he said that after thinking about it for a minute, right? This is, there, this is, there's so much hikmah in this. What was the first thing he said was no. And then he thought about it. Now, if you say no and you think about it and you change your mind, can you still change your mind? Yeah. If you're like, yeah, I'm going to eat it, and then you think about it, and you change your mind, like maybe you shouldn't have eaten it, can you like uneat it? No. You can't, you've already eaten it, right? Right? 
The companions of the Allah were wise people. They understood these things. Nowadays we live in an age where people are like, oh, it's new, let's just try it, you know? No, it's okay. If like anyone here, you know, Bhai Usama is an IT, right? No? You're not a programmer? You're an engineer, that's right. Who here is IT? Right? When like the absolute, if you have like a really critical like business going on that like a small thing could like mess up your entire business, if a new piece of software, like a new operating system comes out just today, do you want to install it today? No. There are some dudes like if they were able to, they would be running Windows 98 to this day. It, 98 was a long time ago. You know, like these kids are like to them 98 is like JFK getting assassinated. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it was a long time. You don't change those things. Why? Because you're going to screw up something when it's running. You've screwed it up in the middle. It causes a big problem, right? So, yeah. Does it mean Muslims should live in like the dark ages? No. If like new stuff comes along that's beneficial, that's great. You know, we should take benefit from it as well. Just use your brain. Wait, see, is this thing actually like good for you or not? You know, don't be the first one to jump in head first and then you realize the pool is empty. You know what I mean? Because then you're going to crack your head open, break your neck. See, like, is this, like, is this thing like, worth doing? Then go ahead and adopt it afterward. So what does he say? He says, no, it's, it's carrion. I don't, I don't think that, like, I have a doubt about whether it's halal or not. Then after thinking about it, like pondering over the, the, the issue, right? That was the, one of the things that was a description of his, to Anni, that he used to like not rush into things. He used to th take his time and think about stuff. He said that, he said that we, are, we are the messengers of the messenger of Allah. Allah sent his Prophet وسلم, Prophet Muhammad and then he sent us to go do something, you know? And he says, uh, and, and this, is the, the, this is the one like sentence that makes this like, why I wanted to mention this hadith today. Wafi sabilillah. This is an honor, right? That we, we are the messengers of the Messenger of Allah and we're in the path of Allah. We, we, we come in the path of Allah, right? And that's glad tidings to all of you, mashallah. All of you, you came to the masjid to pray, you came to hear the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, and perhaps increase in your knowledge, right? All of you, man kharaja min baytihi fi talab al-ilmi fa huwa fi sabilillahi hatta yarji'a. It's the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu that whoever leaves his home in order to uh, seek knowledge, that person is in the path of Allah Ta'ala until they return. That's a great glad tiding. You know? That's a great glad tiding from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, wa fi sabilillah. And we're also in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Wa qad uturirtum. He said that, and I, he was like, I know, like, even though I'm only giving you guys one day to day, it's not like because like, I'm trying to be mean. You know, I know what pain and suffering you're going through, and I know that if we keep doing this, like, people are going to start to die and get sick and like, be harmed permanently. You know, so he says, so he says that he said that that this is not even like something that we can really choose anymore, um, because he has a doubt whether it's permissible or not. But he's like, "Itirar is what? It's darura, right? That's what it is. Like, you're going to lose your life, limb, your eyesight." You're gonna like permanently get damaged. Um, that's what darura means, right? Darura is not like oh, like I really want it. Everyone else has it. That's not darura. That's just like like weak impulse control. This is actual darura. He says you guys are. You, I see that. I see that you're uh, gonna be harmed. So he said that because we're in the path of Allah Taala, and you like it's a necessity. Uh, 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 so uh, uh, you know, go ahead and eat from it. فَأَقَمْنَا عَلَيْهِ الشَّهْرَ he said there was enough food from it that we actually ate from it for an entire month. So we were 300, there were 300 of us and we were able to eat from it for a month. Uh, and now uh, imagine that, right? It's meat. So they're actually, they were out in the path of Allah Ta'ala with like one day to peace per day. 
and now they're eating like they're eating better than the people in Medina are eating. He said, we stayed, for, we, we, we stayed and were able to eat from it. We were 300 of us. We ate from it. Sam, uh, we ate from it until we put on weight. Um, he said that we were scooping out from its eye socket fat with bowls, bowls at a time. Remember, I told you whale fat is like whale fat is like really high quality. It melts, it becomes like butter, basically, you know, um, and it, it like makes food richer. Like you know, that's like the difference between eating a bowl of sugar and eating frosting. There's frosting sugar with fat in it, right? Uh, so it's like really rich. It's really like uh, really tasty. Um, and uh, 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 and we would hack off from the cor- from the carcass of this animal, and as much meat as like a full bull worth of beef, and like just cut it out all like, one huge chunk and then you know prepare it and roast it and eat it. Now at this point, I remember I, ta- I, I read this hadith in a masjid in the hood in the south side in, in of Chicago, and one brother is like, Sheikh, this is supposed to be the chapter regarding the virtues of hunger. Right? It's 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 Babu Fadl Juri wa Khushunat al Aishi wa Iktisari ala al Qalili min al Makuli wa al Mashrubi wa al Malbusi wa Gairiha min Hudud al Nafsi. The chapter regarding the virtues of hunger and uh, eating coarse food, not eating fine foods, and uh, uh, just being sufficing with having a little bit of food and a little bit of drink and having simple clothing uh, and simple things other than that that the nafs desires right so like so it's like Sheikh I have a question I go what's your question he goes if this is the chapter about like the virtues of hunger it looks like they're eating really well like it sounds like the Sahaba are having a barbecue on the beach which is essentially what was happening why does this why is this hadith included in the chapter regarding the virtues of hunger like he's, they're hacking off like a bull worth of meat at a time. I'll answer the question just in a second. By the way, as a matter of tahqiq, uh, Mufti Azaz one time, he said that the Ambar is not a whale. He, he said that his opinion was that it's some sort of supernatural animal. Why? Because the eye of a blue whale, which is the largest whale, is about the size of a grapefruit. Um, and so this, this person, or this hadith is being narrated that they're like pulling out like, like bowls full of fat from it at one time. My, my, uh, uh, my uh, feeling is it's still a, like Amber, the word Amber is obviously a whale. And it, it's probably, you know, um, inside the heads of uh, like terrestrial, like land animals, there's synapsids and diapsids, right? So one of the like uh, base uh, differences between mammals and between uh, like lizards forms like uh, birds and lizards and things like that is do they have like one cavity in the head or two so whales the cavity there's a really big cavity and they have like a lot of fat in their head so that they can uh, hear have acute sensitivity for echolocation because you cannot see very far in the water so they're probably scooping the fat out of the the, 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 the head cavity and it looks like an eye cavity to them because they're not like professors of marine biology Wallahu alam, Allah knows best um, I, I find that like explanations that don't have to invoke like supernatural uh, uh, explanations 
uh, are awla until or unless there's a qarina that, that necessitates that you have to do that. Wallahu a'lam. Allah knows best. So at any rate, so and Allah knows best what it was. If there was anyone who was worthy of, of receiving the supernatural help of Allah, it was them. Allah Ta'ala be pleased with them. So they're, they're, they're hacking off like a whole bull worth of like meat all at a time. Can you imagine it's like solid, no bones, nothing. Just like meat, you just cut it up and eat it. Uh, uh, it sounds very tasty. وَلَقَدْ أَخَذَ مِنَّا أَبُوْ عُبَيْدَةَ ثَلَاثَةَ عَشَرَ رَجُلًا he said that 13 people were able to sit in the eye socket. Uh, like I said, maybe it's, the, it's, it's one, of the, one of the cavities in the brain. You know the point of that cavity in the brain is so that when you chew, the problem is when you chew, it puts pressure on your head. And like if you press the brain like that, like it's going to harm it. So they're, they, they're like openings a person has in their skull so that the brain can like expand out in them so that when you're chewing, you don't like actually like make yourself dumber. Uh, at least most of us try not to. Uh, uh, so the, the, the is it 13 people like, were able to fit inside the, the head cavity. That's how they measured like, how big it is. Um, uh, uh, he said that, that they took two of the ribs and they stood them up like an arch, like a gateway. And uh, we had the person who had the, the biggest camel sit on the camel and like, they could ride underneath it without like their head hitting the rib. And if you see like a blue whale, a blue whale is like the largest animal that ever lived. I mean, even scientists, Allah knows best what was there, what wasn't there. But like even dinosaurs and stuff like that, a blue whale is actually bigger than any of them. And so if you see the, 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 the skeleton of a blue whale, uh, it's, it's, it's possible that like a person could could do this that much as you know uh, even though the eye is the size of a grapefruit but the, the ribs of it are uh, that's known that like a person could do this that's what we know about it um, that, that that was possible and so he, uh, uh, he you know they were this is their way of measuring how big it was when they went back to tell the story like this is how they could tell how big it was um, uh, uh, he said that we, um, we took as provisions from its meat washa'iq. Washa'iq is the jama' of washiqa. It's the, the, the lahm that they make qadid out of, out of, which is like, like a type of like traditional beef jerky. So what would they do in the old days? You know, if you hung out with the, with the, with the old school Bedu, you know, when they slaughter an animal, the thing that you eat right away is like the stomach and the intestines, the, the liver, the kidneys and things like that. Why? Because they go bad. And obviously you're not going to be rolling around with the fridge in the middle of the desert or a freezer or whatever, right? So what they would do is they would eat the organs right away and the meat, they, would, they cut it into strips and they salt it and then they dry it in the sun. What's the point of drying it is because then it's not going to rot, it's not going to go bad. So then what happens, you can keep that meat with you for a very long time. Uh, uh, Patans do that in Balochistan as well. They actually know how to dry it in the, in the, in the, uh, the cold of winter because winter is actually very dry. Um, so they dry it in the winter and in the summer as well. And it's nice, like if you, if you want to cook later on, you have some of that, just throw it into the pot with the boiling water and it makes like a really nice soup. Or the Mauritanians are, like, you know, some of them are very poor. So what happens is they'll take like a, like a little piece of the, the, the gadid and they'll like smash it into powder. And it like flavors, it'll flavor like your rice or whatever. And it's really nice, you know, it's, 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 it's very tasty. Like these things are really nice, it would be nice. Like I, I remember I mentioned this thing about Gadid one time, there's some Libyan, there are no Libyans here, is there? 
uh, a Libyan brother, he said that he's like, he's like, yeah, man, my, my, my pops is old school. We would do that. We would bring, uh, uh, like in Linwood, Washington, he said we would bring uh, um, a, 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 a sheep into the garage and uh, slaughter it, DL, and then like make gadid in the garage. Like you would like from like hang clotheslines and like the, the clothespins and just hang strips of meat and like just have fans running in the garage and like that was their like old school thing, you know? And uh, I was like, man, like, it was a whole world we were blind to. <laughs> we didn't know. I had to go to Mauritania, and there was gadid being made in Linwood all along. I just didn't know. So uh, these are these are the old traditions of, uh, of 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 the people. They're not deen. Like you're not like, you know, it's not like the five pillars or nothing. But it is nice to know how people lived in the old days, so that you can connect to like how uh, you know like these hadiths and things like that. You can understand them. At any rate. So what he says is that he says that uh, uh, that, that we took these washaiq, these strips of meat that you cut down and uh, dry out uh, from the animal so that it wouldn't go bad and get wasted. Uh, uh, he said that we, 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 you know, so we took, we dried out this like whale jerky and uh, we took it with us. And then when we uh, came back to Medina Munawwara, we came to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and informed him about what happened. And he said that uh, indeed that, that, that animal, that Ambar was, a, was the provision Allah Ta'ala had uh, drawn out from the sea for you. Uh, and he asked, do you have any of it with you so I can try some too? Uh, and so we sent it to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he ate it. Uh, and it's narrated by Muslim. Which is kind of at first glance somewhat of an odd comment to make, right? What, does the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam not have anything to eat in Medina? No, he has something to eat in Medina. Um, and like, you know, some of the commentators say like, oh, this is for him to show that it was actually permissible for them to eat. It wasn't haram. That it's, you know, from the water and the fiqh hukum is whatever, which is part of it as well. But part of it is what? Because he could have just verbally said that. Part of it is what? Part of it is that this is Mubarak. This is the help of Allah Ta'ala. This thing that Allah Ta'ala sent to these people, this was from the Barakah. Uh, 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 this is from the blessings Allah gives to those who serve the deen, who go out on the path of Allah Ta'ala. I mean, this is just one will. They actually literally conquered the empire of the Persians and they conquered Central Asia and they took the deen to like, you know, they conquered Egypt and Syria, took the deen to all of these places. They lived like kings, uh, those who lived long enough. Um, they were feared by all of the kings of the world and the people would see them and enter into Islam just by seeing them. This is how much honor Allah gave them. What is like the meat of one whale? You know what I mean? But it's barakah. The Prophet some saw some, some, some blessing in it that this is like the help of Allah Ta'ala from these people who went out in his path with great sincerity. Which is then the answer to the question, why is this hadith, why is hadith included in the chapter regarding the virtue of hunger? And the reason is what? Is that Allah Ta'ala asked people to make sacrifices. But he doesn't actually make people take sacri make sacrifices very often. Shaitan is the one who's like, oh, if you go out on the path of Allah, it'll be horrible, it'll be hard, it'll be this, it'll be that, you're not going to be able to eat, it's going to be cold, it's going to be hot, it's going to be, you know, whatever, you know, you're not going to be able to sleep. And some of that will happen, right? But you'll be okay. You'll be okay. 
if a person is okay, then they're okay. And they come home, if they come home from doing something for the sake of Allah, they come home forgiven for their sins and increased and elevated in their rank. And the worst case scenario, if they have to give the ultimate sacrifice that they lose their life even, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give that person a reward unlike any reward that's possible in the dunya. So a person shouldn't be afraid of that. But most of the time, what is it? Shaitan scares you about stuff, nothing's gonna happen. You'll be just fine, you'll be just fine. You go out and you're afraid that you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, 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 you know, have to like make all of the sacrifice and what ends up happening, you end up having, you know, so many, the Sheikh Musa can probably, this topic right now, he can sit and tell you just stories about like what happened to himself in this regard for, for, for hours. One time, you know, Taymur Bhai from uh, Seattle. I, I don't even go, I've only, I not, I've, I've not even gone on Jamaat all that much. Because it was, the Munasaba was the passing of Yunus Bhai, Allah Ta'ala have mercy on him. One time, I'm there like, you want to go on three days? I'm like, you know what, I'll go with you guys, right? And so what ends up happening, we go out and then they come back after two days because you're not going to go on three days because people have to work on Friday and they have to work on Monday. So I told, I told him, I said, uh, I said, hey, you know, I said I was going to go out on three days and like, you know, I'm going to keep my word. So he's like, fine. He said, you and me will spend the night at the masjid and, like, uh, 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 and let the rest of the jamaat go. I said, okay, cool. And then he took me out for steak. It happened, so happened the masjid we were staying at has the, like, the only halal steak shop on the west coast that I know of. It was recently uh, uh, featured in the Seattle Times. It's actually a really wonderful restaurant. So he took me out for steak and the, like, the owner of the thing was like, oh, you guys are you know, in the path of Allah here and like, sending like, free dishes and things. Like, what is it? You fear sacrifice and Allah Ta'ala helps you out. You like that in every single thing in your life. Every single thing in your life. When you do something for the sake of Allah, what you get out of it is like so much more than what you put in. This was a lesson the Prophet wanted the companions to learn for themselves and the yaqeen of that lesson, the certainty of it to sit inside their hearts so that when he was gone, they would not hesitate. They would just serve the deen of Allah Ta'ala and uh, they would take this message to where it needed to reach. Allah Ta'ala, those were big people and they received big help. Allah Ta'ala, we're not as big as they are, we're little people, but let's do some little effort so that we can receive some help that's commensurate with who we are as well, so that we're not completely deprived. I mean, imagine if the strips of the ambar were like, I said, I have a bag, you know, and would you guys like to try it, you know? Maybe some people wouldn't, because they're like, it's a whale, I don't want to eat it. But like most people would be like, yeah, I mean, just the idea at least, that to partake in the barakah of it would be like wonderful. Good, bad news, I don't have that meat, it's been a while. The good news is what? Is that there is so much for you to partake in and the blessings of going out on the path of Allah Ta'ala still to this day. And if you want it, uh, good news is that you can, still, you can still have it. You can still enjoy that, that, that pleasure that our forefathers and the Salaf Salih, the uh, Sahaba radiallahu anhum and the ulama and the mujahidun fi sabilillah, the khadamat al-deen that they, they enjoyed. You can still enjoy it still uh, uh, if you get together and, and, and make some plan to do some service for the sake of Allah. Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.